Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Guardians. Uh, this is episode 15, which doesn't seem like a lot, but we made it this far, so I must be doing something right. But we got another uh, repeat guest this week. We've got Zach Martin, a.k.a. One True Zach. Zach, thank you again for coming on. How's it going? No, doing good, man. I appreciate the invite as always. It's always fun to talk Guardians, so doing good. Can't complain. How are you doing tonight? I'm okay. I'm, you know, we were just talking about the Cincinnati uh, trash talking, you know, that the Reds fans were doing before we hit record. So I'm <laughs> trash talking. Sure. Yeah, it's very inaccurate trash talking, but, you know, we could get into that if you want. But I'm hoping for, you know, a win today because then it'll be another series sweep from them. They have not had any success in the Ohio Cup in ages, if any. Um, so, yeah, just hoping for another W to kind of shut those those fans up. And of course, at the same time, it never stops, but Browns and Bengals fans are always going at it. So you kind of have Cleveland and Cincinnati at yeah. each other's throats on Twitter right now for two different sports. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not very surprising yet because of course you know first game of the season for the Browns is coming up soon, like less than a month, and you know a lot of people are just trash talking each other's stadiums, and the, apparently somehow the Reds don't know how what Google is because they get the wrong body of water that caught fire wrong and then try to act like we're being ridiculous about it. It's like, if you want to like actually trash talk us, <laughs> Google is free. Yeah. It, honestly, it's like trash talking your little, other bro- like little brother. And they're like, they, they think their insults funny, but it's just so whack. You're like, what? <laughs> it's like, you're just saying stuff to think that you actually think it actually sounds right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's adorable that you're trying, but it's like, come on, man. <laughs> Try harder, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, it shouldn't really be called the Ohio Cup. It should be just be the Guardians Cup. We just let them borrow it whenever they do decide to win it. But it's like, uh, like at this at this point, it's just ours. Yeah. Plus, we all know that Cincinnati is in Kentucky, of course. So it's yeah. not really a true Ohio Cup, you know? No, no. It, it, at this point, like you know, they put chili on their spaghetti. They for knowing what Google is. It's the trash talking is like so pedestrian. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly. Like, I'd rather just, you know, deal with, like, people from Pittsburgh. At least they know how to talk somewhat. Very know, true. Out past their three teeth, but, you know, at least they try. Right. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can get into it because they got the 3 nothing win last night. I'll be honest, watching yesterday, just because of how we know this offense has been struggling all year, is yeah. it bad that, like, not that I expected to lose or like blow the lead, but like I obviously wouldn't have been surprised if they did. So even though we were up three nothing, you know, going into the seventh, going into the eighth, um, I I mean to me it wasn't like in the bag, you know, even with a dominant performance by Logan Allen, and we'll get to him in a second, but it just never seemed like you were never comfortable because you know the Reds are a, a good, decent team and we aren't. So it just feels like two minutes of of bad pitching and the game is theirs. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it all season, and it's crazy because it's like, gotta love Gab Gowdy for <laughs> the graphics she shows of the bullpen is the fact that one point our bullpen was so elite that you look at it now and it's like, yeah, like you said, no leads ever safe. Like, there's games where, like, we lose one nothing, and our, our starting pitcher absolutely just shoves the entire game and still loses. Like, any other game, he gets an automatic win, but just because it's our offense – doesn't want to show up and then the bullpen either blows it too. It's just like, I feel bad for our starting pitchers, honestly, because like they're absolutely lights out right now. And it's like offense is kind of there. They'll get no hit. They'll get no hit. They'll score maybe two runs a game and then, or the bullpen will just be like, oh, okay, here's five runs. And the game and we, we lose. And it's like, how do we lose this game? Like, we're, so yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like every night now, like when we get later into the games and it's still like a one run lead or even two or three, I'm like, all right, When's it going to happen and who's going to do right. it? Like, it's point? too close. I can't relax. It, it's like it's like you want to win by five runs, but you got to hope that the offense puts up five runs. That's that's like that's like the two at double edged sword. It's like, hey, do you want the five runs? Or will the team like it's like you can't expect them to get that many runs, but you need to win by that many runs. 
<laughs> to not like lose games. So yeah, it's it's just it's a weird time. It's just a weird time for us. It's like, oh, we're winning, but when's it gonna happen? <laughs> right. You're just waiting <laughs> for it to fall part. down and never right. Yeah, like when's the other shoe gonna drop on us? And it's like, all right, well, here thank goodness our division stinks, I guess. <laughs> We're still in it somehow. But, but that's the frustrating thing, is because the division is so bad and yet we're bad at the same time. So it's like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but no matter how far you reach out, is you're just not getting it, at least so far, you know. Yeah, right. It's just it, it's crazy. It's how like you said, the light is so much, it's it's there, but like you can't just reach it. It's, it just seems like it just keeps stretching on, and you're like, like either eventually we're gonna get we're gonna get there, or something's gonna happen. Like, please be one or the other. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's just something about this year, man. It's weird like seeing other teams play baseball. Then you look at our team and you're like, Are we playing the same sport sometimes? Like, like what's happening? But I mean, mm-hmm. at least like I said, at least our starting pitching is playing phenomenal so i mean at least there is one bright spot if we want to look at that so <laughs> yeah there's a couple of bright spots actually because like we were saying logan allen started last night's game over his last seven games started he has a 279 era he's three and three um and we were talking about you know those aces before we started recording gavin williams and uh tanner bybee but i think logan allen especially before he got sent down um when it was just him and bybee i i think he's proven that he can be I think at worst, like a number three starter. Um, yeah, so it, which, it's, it's definitely fun. At all. Yeah. Right. It's definitely fun to kind of see. I, I personally, me, I don't like having to rely on three rookies just because we know you don't want to tire them out. But right. I think it's fun to see kind of a glimpse into the future of what this team can be. But I just wanted to give Logan Allen a quick shout out and see what you, what you thought of him because mm-hmm. since he's come back up, he's been just as good. No, it, it's kind of like you because we've seen over the last few years too, like when he does have like those small stints where he does come up for a while, but you know, in case some guy gets hurt, he comes up for a little bit. Like you saw glimpses of what he can do. And now the fact that he's actually getting more of a chance, it's good to see. And I agree with you. You don't want to rely on three rookies, but I mean, there's, it's a tough situation where, you know, Tristan's been out for a while. Beebs has been out for a while. And I feel like for me, like I feel bad for Beebs because like you see, like you know how good he is. Like we're not that far removed from from a Cy Young season, and Mm -hmm. yeah, he struggled this year. Maybe because it's been injuries. It could just been, you know, the offense has just been like it's like it's almost like to the point where the starting like all our pitchers are trying to be too perfect. I think that's what's kind of hurt him and a bunch of other guys too at certain points of the season. So it's just things for those guys. But yeah, like. You don't really want to have a lot of your like your normal starters out, but it's kind of good to see like you know the young guys see what they can do. And yeah, like you said they've been playing phenomenal. And as always, the pitching factory for starting pitching, at least in Cleveland, still is a is a good thing for us. And we can still find those guys in drafts and free agency or trades, and somehow it just works out. So yeah, no, I'm loving you know what Logan's doing. Uh, baby and you know Williams it's like getting those three guys in the future and then talking about sticks that's four good pitchers right there and then it's just like do you still have Biebs or do you find someone else like we we got Syndergaard now but I mean honestly if we get Tristan back and plus our our three rookies that's not a bad four out of five starters to have in Cleveland that if Mm -hmm. they keep continuing what they're doing name name another rotation that's that good and young at this right point. yeah yeah like you know looking to the future i think it may be a stretch just because we don't know um right where beaver is going to be next year if he's going to finish the year with us he's going to get traded whatever the case may be but he right. still has some age on his he's not even 30 years old yet even with the drop off that we've seen but just imagine a rotation with the three young guys this year mm-hmm. uh you know mckenzie and and, and bieber at the same time um, that's not a bad rotation. I mean, I'm, no, that's, that's I, that, I would you got to tune in every day just to see, you know, kind of what they do. And it almost reminds me of, um, you know, 16 and 17 when you have four guys striking out oh, 200, 200 yeah. batters in one year. That 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 rotation was absolutely disgusting because you just knew like any team who came into whenever you see Cleveland and you're like oh crap who are we facing and then you see it wouldn't matter who you have you see it's either a combination of those four guys and it's like all right this is going to be a long series and it, sometimes it was because you, like you go through you know you go through all the guys that we had in that rotation at that time 
it was just absolutely disgusting. And if we if we can get even half of that, or even like maybe three fourths of what that rotation was with these guys, oh my gosh, it could be just as deadly or even better than that because all these guys are young. And like like right now, Bibby, like Bibby's already got 106 strikeouts, and he hasn't even been like he hasn't even like I want to see what he does in a full season. Like mm-hmm. he could be a guy who could almost get to 200 strikeouts just because the fact that he's already at 106 with the sample size that we've seen already. Right. Yeah. That that pitching rotation, like we talk about post All Star break, um, as as a team, as a staff, the Guardians have the third best uh, ERA post All Star break is three six three, um, and I think their starters alone, or last time I checked, was like two eight three post All Star break. Um, uh, was it was it two eight three? I thought it was like two. I was I thought it was like two thirties. I know it's like two something. I can, I can it's it's still I, sub three. Yeah, it's it's still really really good. Yeah, that, right. But then I, that kind of goes to show it, like the yeah, bullpen 260, issues. It's, yeah, it's that two sixty three. Yeah, it's two point six three. Got it. Yeah, I was close enough, you know. Oh no, you were close. No, yeah, it, but it just goes to show, like, yeah, the rotation right now is just shoving. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> you love to see it, so yeah, yeah. And even, um, you know, it kind of goes to show the bullpen issues that we've had lately. Um, but even with the bullpen, the ERA as a staff isn't terrible. Now I know ERA isn't end all be all. We know the struggles that the bullpen has had all year, and uh, Zach Meisel just uh, released an. I almost said episode. We're on a podcast, so it's on my brain. Um, an article for the for the Athletic, um, highlighting those those struggles and those blown leads and those close losses that we've had all year. But I think even so, um, I mean the bullpen is it's it's okay. I mean it's clearly not great. Could be so much so much worse. I think of like the Phillies from two years ago. Oh, how terrible man. that bullpen was, and then they were able to fix it. And you know, obviously they made the World Series just last year. But talking about that bullpen graphic, I mean, yeah, it may be terrible now. It's weird to look back at. But clearly yeah. at one point this year, it was a very good bullpen. So it's not a stretch of the imagination to no. say that, oh, you know, this bullpen is good. You know, sometimes it costs us game, but that's that's baseball. You're not going to be perfect every night. No, I mean, like you said, hey, at least we're not Oakland. <laughs> it could be a lot. Ooh, <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. It, yeah, it could be a lot worse. I mean. Yeah, it kind of it stings when you like you see how good it was, and it, like you said, it's it's not the worst. It's not ideal though when it's like it's like every so often, sure it happens. It's baseball, but sometimes when you hit that, like the, it's like almost too consistent. Where it's like, okay, when is this going to happen? That's when you creep into the okay, maybe this is an issue that really needs to get addressed. You know, obviously in the off season because you know we're we're past the deadline, but it's like yeah, it's it's not a feeling you want to have when you're like go. you're in August and you're like, okay, regular season is getting really close to being done. And we're looking at a possible playoffs and we're trying to get wild cards or divisions. Like we said, our division's terrible, but it's like, mm-hmm. the, you kind of want the bullpen to kind of like, you know, figure it out a little bit. So that way it's not like, okay, Hey, we're going to go into the playoffs and I hope our stars go eight innings and, and the offense right. decides to like, you know, be the offense. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 still mind boggling to me too. Like how much like of a rotation are like a revolving door our offense has been this year too. And like guys have left somehow figured out how to hit a baseball again. And you're just like, where was this mm-hmm. all right. year? <laughs> oh, trust me, we'll get into that. Trust me, because <laughs> <laughs> me personally, I tend to not like dwell on when people leave. For me personally, I like to root for the guys that used to be here to have success oh, yeah. when they're on their new teams, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like it's it's like self-destructing when people do it and they're like, oh, Josh Bell just hit another home run. Like, okay, like great. Like, I'm happy for him, you know, for whatever yeah. reason. Maybe he found something in Miami, sucks that he couldn't do it here. I get it. But yeah. for somebody that personally that I'm a fan of, Josh Bell, even before he got here, like I have I'm happy he's doing well in Miami. Oh, but yeah, hell that's yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you. I mean, you want guys to do well. You don't want anyone to suck and stuff like that. It's just funny when you see when you see here. It's like, okay, it is what right. it is. It's it's baseball. It's you know what can you do? It, I don't. Know, I just feel like our outfield too. It's like mm-hmm. if you got a pulse play in the outfield, and it's <laughs> you just throwing about anybody in there. 
Yeah, right. Like I like like Calhoun. I mean, like we got, but that's we got, the thing with Calhoun. We got Razor, he's, we got he's, Razor too. And it's like whoa. Yeah, because he is more of an outfielder, and for whatever reason, he's playing a lot more first base here. Don't know why. But um, I don't know. Even, even though we just traded for a kid from Tampa who's like already mm-hmm. our number one prospect. Right. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's great. Then of course, you know, we just pick up um Laureano from Oakland, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, at least we didn't have to trade for him because then that was a huge thing for a while. Like people were looking at him for a trade, but yeah, uh, then we got what Ben. You know, we got Brennan, and we got Miles Straw, and uh, just Quan, and just the list goes on and on. You're like, how many outfielders we got? Too many. Yes. yes too many yeah uh before we get to this second reds game i just wanted to highlight the other rookies uh rookie pitchers numbers uh tanner bobby who just picked up his ninth win he's nine and two with a 290 era uh 8.8 strikeouts per nine innings and gavin williams who hasn't had a lot of luck when it comes to decisions he's only one and three through 10 starts but he has a 280 era and 9.7 strikeouts uh, per nine innings, but going tonight is Noah Sindergaard, who everybody talked about it. His myself included, uh, his ERA was over seven before we got him. But uh, through three starts, he's one and one with a three seven one ERA. Uh, strikeouts aren't there, but as long as you get it out, it doesn't really matter. So I think for me personally, uh, Sindergaard has been pleasantly surprising and pleasant, surprisingly good as well at the same time. And you know, we wanted somebody that could go in and eat innings and. Knock on wood, he's been healthy and productive at the same time. Yeah, no, and it's yeah, it was kind of a head scratcher move at the time. You, know, you get rid of Rosario, you bring him in, and I think it was a trade to Bali who's pitching right now for the Rays. I think he left without earning a run. Yeah, <laughs> make it make sense, but it's the Guardians. Nothing ever does. Um, I, I guess for the fact that you know they get rid of Savali because they think they think they can get a lot more. I mean, like I said, we did get one of the best first baseman, you know, prospects. He's already our number one guy, already projected to like to play it this year at some point and all this other stuff. I think it put us at like fifteenth, I believe, in the power rankings for like farm systems. So losing Zavali stinks, but I think the Guardians were like, well, we can get we can get something out of it if we get rid of him now and all that. So I guess they were just trying to strike with a good trade value for him. So and getting Cindergard, like you said, the guy innings I guess get a veteran in there because you know with Beebs you know being hurt and stuff like that, I guess they just want to add an extra veteran because you know I mean Thor's been there and done that. He's been in the playoffs, stuff like that. He's been on good teams. It's just yeah, I mean, he's been good. Like I said, something, someone, something with us being like starting pitching whisperers here in Cleveland. If you get guys who buy into the system that Cleveland's doing, they get good. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset. You know, sub four. Like he's getting outs. I mean, yeah, it's not strikeouts, but I mean, it's solid. You can't go wrong with that. And you know, you mentioned wins. Like you said, Logan. We talked about Logan Allen. He's also he's second on the team with six wins already. So. It's it's the youth movement that's playing really well. But I mean, if I mean for tonight, if Syndergaard goes at least five, gives up maybe one or two runs in the in the team, and we're still in the game, I wouldn't be upset with that stat line. Strikeouts two or three, okay, that's fine. As as long as it's no more than two runs, I think we have a. Sh- I think that Guardians have a shot to win tonight. Yeah, they definitely do. I was trying to get some uh, some different things on Syndergaard since he's come over. Right now. His whip rate is one two four, which would be the lowest if it was to be that low at the end of the season. Would be his lowest since 2019 with the Mets when it was 123, 1.23. So yeah. I mean, I mean, it's the little things that count. You try to look for the positive things because at the end of the day, he is keeping us in games. He certainly hasn't, minus the one start he did have. Um, you know, it's not really been on his shoulders to try to win it you know what i mean he's he's kept us in it so that's yeah. i guess all you can ask for for someone who you know at his age is has not had the success and the productivity that he had so early in his career um yeah. plus he's been hurt this year so it, it's it's a good thing to see him be this good um so far but we can move on to like you were saying those guys that left want to get your thoughts on 
um, how, just how you feel about it. You know, so they seem to have some some success after they left. Rosario is playing second base. He'll be here in a couple of weeks with the Dodgers. Um, and of course, um, Savali's doing well. And Josh Bell, I mean, he looks like the silver slugger all over again, almost like he's in Pittsburgh. He's hitting home runs left and right, driving guys in. His OPS yeah. is over a thousand. Um, but w- what are your thoughts on that? Because a lot of people obviously hate it and you and I don't, we're, we're happy for him. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's always interesting when you see guys that you bring in, you're like, okay, this is a guy who's going to help us do this, fills in needs for that. And then, Someone during the season, they're gone, and then they do good. I mean, you hate to see, you know, it's like it's one of those things where like it stinks that they didn't do it here. But I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, you want guys to you know succeed because like it's it's very hard to get to play even in the majors. So you try to you know be positive and you know be happy for them and stuff like that. Losing them stings. I think Savali probably I think is probably the biggest one because just how good he was for us this year, and it's. One of those things where I think a lot of fans are okay. Well, we had so many other pitchers that we could have traded, but I think the Guardians were looking at more of okay, what what package can we get that could max out a move of a certain guy? So I think they were looking for a long term, you know, good prospects for the best value. So that's it's just is what is for Servali and then Rosario. I mean. I was kind of indifferent about Rosario. Like I thought at the time of the trade of the fact that we got all those guys like him and we got areas. It's just, it was for me, it was insane. Just how many short stops we had at one point and just, we couldn't figure out what to do with Rosario. And then we kind of did, but I guess I was kind of indifferent with him. I mean, he like, I was fine. You know, he's a, he's on the team. Cool. But at the same time, it was just like, it's a where do you fit him because you got him for a certain reason you extended him for a reason it's you know you you're happy they're doing well and at the same time it's just kind of like could it how would things have been different if we didn't necessarily get them or extend them or how certain trades worked out so yeah it is what it is it's baseball it's a business i think so i think the losses of volley is probably the biggest one for me but we did but we, we got you know, we got a decent package back. So I guess you got what you got in the trade value for him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely sold high on Savali and looks like it. I mean, for who you got back, it looks like a win. We'll definitely have to wait and see for when he actually gets on the field, how good he is. Um, Cause I don't know yeah. about you, but I have a little bit of PTSD when it comes to uh, trading for first baseman slash DH slash outfielders uh, that come from Tampa, because the last time we did that, it mm-hmm. didn't work out. Yeah, and he uh, where is he now? Gosh, he's with the Yankees right now. Now, yeah, and he's actually doing somewhat decent too, which is crazy. Yeah. Even after he left us, he's still struggling. And some of the Yankees, well, the Yankees are yeah. last, so I'm not yeah, really upset to, about the. Uh, I'm not really upset yeah. about the Yankees being bad, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went to Seattle, struggled there. Then I think he was out an entire season. I think he was in the minors all last year. Then Some got signed by New York this year, and since he got signed, I mean, he's been consistently in their lineup and like you said do decently okay like not great but also not nearly as bad as he was with us in seattle so oh, i mean gosh. i don't know good for him but, i guess yeah but yeah, I, I agree with you it's like it's like you see first baseman raise you're just like oh no not again yeah i don't want that guy <laughs> I've, I've seen this movie before <laughs> it was not that good the first time i don't want to see it a second time so i guess we'll see but supposedly this guy's supposed to be really really good from mm-hmm. what i hear so i mean I guess it's not a head scratcher or it was kind of like, oh, we'll see how he does type move like with the other guy. At least with this, it seems like everyone's kind of like, not a bad move with the Guardians. They really got a really good first baseman of the future. Let's see how it works out because it's been a while since we've had a good first baseman. It has been. <laughs> That's what what, Santana, maybe? I mean, I'm a big Santana guy. Oh, I, love, I, I love Santana, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, uh, who's after Santa? <laughs> I mean, when you when you want to talk about somebody that maybe we drafted, it came through our system. Yeah, I we probably weren't even born. Well, I guess Tommy. Yeah, would have to be the answer. I mean, he started out at third base, but yeah, it would I mean, have to be Jim Tommy. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say probably Tommy's probably the best first base we've had in a while. And that's yeah, first. Yeah, whatever reason, first base has been kind of like. 
it's very hit and miss. It's, it, it, like you said, the exception of a couple of guys who thrived at first. Past that, not so much. I like I remember yeah. like like I remember the Victor Martinez days of when they moved him to first base, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can kind of see it, but it's yeah, it's it's not Tommy. So yeah, it's we'll see. I'm I'm excited for this guy. Like you said, just when is he gonna get the chance? I guess what. It, yeah. it could be this, it could be at some point this season or looking at 2024 maybe so I don't know yeah because I did hear some things like you know he was dealing with injury and some stuff like that so there's a chance he could maybe like a September call up which for me because I'm impatient especially if you're a new guy on the team I want to see how you do yeah um but yeah definitely no later than like early next year I'd say like yeah and then I think it just comes down to because I've had talks with other people like all right, well, who's your everyday first baseman? Are you going to have Josh Naylor be the primary DH? Are you going to put him in the outfield? Which, personally, I don't agree with. I think that since the injury, I know he's still young, so he could bounce back. But even this year, you're still seeing some effects from that injury and him still kind of – he's not 100% yet. Yet, You know, I've seen yeah. some stretches at first base on some um, some balls in the dirt, and he'll get up kind of slow. You know what I mean? Obviously, he has those scheduled days at DH with Josh Bell at first, but – I don't know. I mean, you got some decisions to make over there, but I think as long as he works out, Manzardo, I'm talking about, I don't see why you can't have a productive one-two punch, uh, even if it's a platoon at first base and DH, I think. Yeah. Maybe not to the point of, like, Santana and Napoli. Oh, but, gosh, yes. <laughs> but I think you could have something there. And then who knows? Maybe you have Manzardo since he's younger, doesn't have that injury. Maybe you teach him some outfield when he goes in there, especially if – uh, Gonzalez doesn't work out or Brennan doesn't work out and you know Arias doesn't work out at short and you stick him out there I don't know but yeah you got I, a lot of things you got a lot of questions to answer yeah for me I'm just like I'm so I'm not gonna lie to you I'm so tired of the hey we're gonna convert this guy to an outfielder because we can't figure out outfielders like I'm like can we to, please to a, to a point to a point yeah, I kind of agree point. just because like Nolan Jones, there was no way he was going to be at third. He's blocked by Ramirez, who is going to be here the rest of his career. Right. Um, for, yeah, so that wasn't that, going to work that out. Made, yeah, that makes sense because yeah. then because they were talking at one point, sending Jose back the shore, or sending him to second because they wanted yeah. to play. They wanted to play, you know, him, and it was like, well, no, Jay, you know, Jose doesn't want to leave third. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll figure something else out. I mean, you could have put Nolan Jones at first if you really wanted to, or oh, just, definitely, you definitely could have. That, that that was my initial thought, like, oh, because they were talking about putting him at first at some point. I'm like, okay, great. I think he can do it. And then, like, oh, we're going to throw him in the outfield. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> right. But, why? but you know why, you know why though? Because they had success. I mean, I don't know this for sure. This is my thinking. They had a successful conversion when it comes to Lonnie Chesenhall, who, on a personal note, I think is a little bit more underrated than people think. Oh, no. But that's just I, me. Because he's like a that- career 280 hitter, but he started at third was bad defensively, put him in the outfield, and he didn't want to go glove, but he was definitely serviceable, somebody who you oh, could have dude. out there every day. I mean, like, I was just lucky enough to see him line. Because you know, remember the game when they were in Texas? You know, not the current Yo, Texas. Yeah. I was, I, at the, I, I was at that Lonnie Chisenhall game when he absolutely oh. just went, went off. <laughs> the Lonnie Chisenhall game, quote-unquote. Yeah, the quote-unquote, the Lonnie Chisenhall game. Yeah, I was there for that one. He absolutely went off. And I'm just – it's me and my dad – and we we're just sitting there going like, "What is happening right now?" We were mm-hmm. loving it. And we're like, we're like very few, you know, at the time Indians fans there at the mm-hmm. game. We were just like, Lonnie's just going off, and it's like cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, but Lonnie, like Lonnie Chisenhall is like a one in a what? Yeah, that's probably like your only example of like a, this. Okay, this worked out. Yeah, it's like the thing is like you can't do that for every single guy because sometimes that just doesn't work out. And that's like. To an, I agree with you. It's like if there's a guy like you know Hosey's at third. Okay, you got to figure out something for this guy. First base would have been great. I, it's just I'm not a fan of the oh we'll throw him in the outfield and that'll work. Like yeah, because we tried that with Rosario and look how that worked out. That didn't work out. They tried they tried to do it with Bowers. That didn't work mm-hmm. out either. And I mean, he did kind of he did have experience at in the outfield though. I will say that in his defense, he, he, he did. He did, but yeah, even then though, it's just I don't know. It's just something about this team and like, oh, we'll convert some of our infielders to outfielders. Like, how much you guys actually worry about trying to find legit outfielders and mm-hmm. actually make them good instead of like, oh, we'll just get infield, we'll just draft all these infielders and we'll throw them out there. 
Right. That's not how it works, guys. <laughs> like that's just not how it works here. I don't know. It's just it is what it is. But I mean, if yeah, like you said, if with the the new kid we got from the race, put him at first and then figure out with Josh. I mean with the fact we don't have Bell anymore, I I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Josh playing more DH and then occasionally at first base to give the other guy a break. But I mean who knows? It, it'll be very interesting. It's yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, they got a, a lot of questions to answer. Um, but even now, it's kind of like it's a jigsaw puzzle of pieces just because of the guys we were talking about, Loriano coming over. But I want to give you today's lineup because it's it's actually a little bit different than what we're used to. Juan's right. leading off, but Jose is batting second now. Then you have Loriano batting third. Oscar huh. Gonzalez is DH and batting cleanup. Rokio's at short, batting fifth. I think that's the highest he's been all year. Then huh. Tyler Freeman is back at second. Arias is at first. Then you got Straw and then Gallagher. But just a little bit of a shakeup in the lineup. Um, so going off of that, I just want to get your thoughts on how the roster is now and what you see out of it. And I didn't even mention Cole Calhoun, who has been playing a lot of first base and coming into today is hitting 294. I think CC has been signed and into yesterday was 300. So yeah, he's been productive since he's gotten here. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, yeah, it's kind of surprising you take Calhoun out of the lineup like that because, like, for me, it's like if the guy's playing solid, unless it's like it's his like designated day off or something like that. Okay, mm-hmm. but at the same I, time, I think it's because there's a lefty on the mound, and I don't know his numbers against lefties, but I think that's the reason why. I yeah, that could be that could be a good reason why too, but it's it's definitely. It's it's weird seeing Hosey in the two spot because usually it's like it's three. At. It's right. always three. And like in Lariano, like he was always he was always a one or two up there in Oakland. So it's kind of weird seeing him in a three spot. And Gonzalez at the four. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's for me, it's like you're taking a like he I just don't see the pop. Like if, if Hosey's not at three. The Reds are going to be like, okay, well, if we get through Hosey, three and four is going to be kind of whatever at that point. And then, yeah. like you said, Ro- Rokio is at five. So, really, your three, four, five guys are kind of just like, yeah, yeah, they might do something, but ah, I don't know. It, it's just, you said, you said, Aris is at first. Okay. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's, I mean, it is different. It's weird. I don't know how I feel about it because it's kind of like you're taking one of our best bats out of the three spot. You're putting him at two. After after two, it's kind of like a uh, how is it going to work after that? You know what I'm saying? It's I don't know. I mean, how, how do you feel about that? <laughs> look at, look at um, when I when I saw it, it was definitely a shock. I think just because we've seen Tito be so like firm in in what his lineups are and. Um, so I think kind of moving Jose up, I don't, I, maybe he is trying to get more offense early, moving him up a spot in the order definitely will get him more at bats as well. So maybe right. that's my thought. I don't, I don't really know. Like, I don't, I don't hate it, but it's just, it's not what we're used to because we've seen the same typical lineup all year, really. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see Freeman back in the lineup. I mean, yeah, yeah. In 286. I'm honestly, I've been a big fan of this kid since we ever got him. I'm I'm just so ready for him to actually be an everyday guy, not being like, oh, we'll kind of play you here and there and stuff like that. Like, I'm just I'm ready for Tyler Freeman to just be the guy and just play him. Like, like same thing for like, you know, Bo. Just can we just play Bo, please? <laughs> like, I yeah. I I understand we have all these other catchers too, but it was just like, I mean, Gallagher's I think for me, I get it though, just because you have Cam Gallagher who Cam Gallagher who is like a mannequin at the plate, but he's so good defensively, right? And so it's like it, it's it's a mixed bag because he's definitely playing a lot more than he ever has in his career previously, and then yeah. Bo, who is still so young, so it's like. You know, the the days off after a night game, like, I get that because he's so young. Well, you right. don't want to have him turn around for a day game, and yet everybody's up in the arms. Oh, my God, where's Bo Naylor? Like, I get it. Like, yeah, that, that, that I understand. You know, yeah, yeah, like the night to day game, okay, that's different. That that I understand because, you know, you know, we, you know we've know we all grown up, you know, 
being all a bunch of baseball diehards, we know, okay, yeah, nights of the day games. It's, if it's it's different going from a day to a night, then you're like, okay, he's got enough time. It's whatever. But, yeah, the nights of day games, okay, you got to do something here because that's a lot of baseball in a short turnaround. So I get that. It's just – I don't know. That, that is what it is. I don't know. Just like looking at the lineup, I mean, you've got 274, 284, then you have a drop to 210. 246, 250, then you go back up to 286 for Freeman, then it's just 197, 237, 133. It's just, for me, it's just tough when you when you look at your four hitter hitting under 250. Right. His, his OPS is okay. Your three guys hitting 210. Yeah, because because if you really think about it, who you who if you if you put Hosey back at three, who do you put at two? Rokio, Freeman? I mean, the only thing I can think is you put Freeman at the two spot. But even then, your, your bottom of your order is going to be rough. So I, I can see why Tia is trying to probably mix it up and try to get, like, up top and the bottom. But I don't know. It's – I'm really curious to see what what the front office does in the offseason. I know that's, like, way away from now, but I don't know. There's got to be something. There's got to be something this, that that the front office can do because it's. I think I think right now all they're doing is just throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks. That's <laughs> what it feels like at this point. I mean, I don't know how you. I mean, how you feel about that? But that's that's kind of what I, where I'm at. But yeah, I'm just a spectator. Like I have long since gotten up in arms. Like I'm just a fan. Like I'm just gonna watch it every day. I'm, I'm gonna be happy to see it because I'm gonna miss it when it's the off season. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna here, watch. Yeah. I know what this team is. I'm not getting my hopes up about anything. My expectations aren't through the roof. I know what this team is. So every day I'm I'm going to be excited to at least see some of these young guys because we like the book is still out on them. So at least we get to see them in like a steady rotation. But me, I'm <laughs> like I'm not. It's no big deal for me personally because I know it is for some people. But I just no, yeah, no. And, and, but at the same time, I just don't care enough to let it affect me day in and day out like some people. No, I and, I, and I'm the same way. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, if you asked me two, three years ago, because I'd be like, what is going on? Like, you know, all that, but. Yeah, because two, three years ago, we were talking about at least being in the World Series. Like this year, we're, even if we do get to the playoffs, we're losing the first round. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, like, we all, none, none of us thought they were going to win a division last year. And it's like, well, holy crap, they actually did it. it it's, mm-hmm. I think it was like a lightning in the bottle thing where it just worked out doing it back to back years. And unfortunately, we have a lot of injuries this year. It is what it is. For me, it's just like, I'm just glad that we have a team. That's where I'm at at this point in my life is. We got we got a baseball team. Not a lot of people can say that. Unfortunately, there are some fans that might not have a team at some point because huh, Oakland. But I, I'm just glad we, I'm glad we have a team. You know, the the name took a little little, little while to get you know used to, but at the, it's just we have we have baseball. We have it. It's there. What I mean. I'm going to watch it regardless because it's baseball and it's and it's our baseball team because you know we all grew up with this group, so it's you know it's one of those things where yeah like I agree with you, I can't get upset about it and I and I know my expectations are it's it's the Guardians <laughs> they may win or they may lose I mean at some point we we might get a roster again where you're like okay we can make a run for it but now it's like. I'm like you said. I'm a. I I like seeing the new guys, the young guys. Like, okay, we're finally seeing some prospects. They're getting time. Let's see how they do. Like you said, Tyler Freeman. Our pitching staff is doing really well. We're seeing Arias. We're seeing Rokia. Like, we're actually seeing our guys that we've been waiting for so long to get up here. And now there's not a lot of million roadblocks that we're blocking them up. Like how it was last year or two years ago, where you're like, where are these guys going to play? Now it's like, okay, we're seeing what they can do now. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm. I'm just enjoying seeing our young guys play. And even then though, too, just being able to see what's going on in our farm system too. Like even like at Akron and Lake County, it gets fun watching those guys. I don't get to see Columbus a whole lot, but I at least get a chance to get, you know, Lake County and Akron. It's watching, it's fun watching those guys too. So yeah, just for me, it's like, all right, let's just enjoy the young guys and see what happens, you know, with Hosey and all that, what he can do and all of our young guys. So yeah, just enjoy it. 
we got baseball right now. Yeah, I think you just put it simply, just enjoy it. But I don't know. I'm a simple guy. So, yeah. Um, but we, we touched on it earlier. We we're talking about Tristan McKenzie. Um, I don't know how recent this video was, but I saw a video earlier today that he was throwing at the stadium. Um, and of course, as I try to look it up, I have no evidence of it, but I know I saw it. Um, but he, it's, it's, it's like there. Tristan is it's there. Yeah, I swear. <laughs> Sources, trust me, bro. Um, <laughs> Tristan is looks like he's finally starting rehabbing. We we already knew for a long time that if he were to return, it would be around September. It's mid August, so hopefully he's ramping around the corner to come back. But what are your thoughts on that? Because for me. I don't want it to turn into something that becomes long-term when he could have had the surgery already. And I'm certainly not blaming him for putting it off. I think the best thing is to not have surgery for any player, for any injury. Don't, you know, don't, don't get cut open. And now you have to rehab from that. But um, I think just like earlier in the season, there shouldn't be too too much expectation on him coming back. Um, Hopefully he is able to return this year with no, no consequences, no complications. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Because with the young group that we have, hopefully we can insert this veteran. Who knows? It may help down the stretch. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I'm kind of on the fence of like, do you, do we try to get him back for September or do we just wait and see, like let him actually take time and get, and get fully 100% and not chance it and just say, all right, we'll see you 2024 and kind of let the chips lie where they're at and go from there. Because, I mean, like you said, the young guys have been playing really well. Syndergaard's doing his thing. Do I want to see him back? Sure. But I wouldn't be upset either if it's like, okay, we're going to shut him down until 24, just so that way he is 100%. There is no possible complications or something longer that happens i mean in the last like month how many like new how many like reports have we seen of all these pitchers going for tommy johns and they're all missing next year already mm-hmm. like like it's bought like i think one of the raised pitchers who uh, was it? yeah shane mcclanahan just yeah, announced yeah, yesterday right, that he's yeah. gonna have tommy john you've got he, the closer all from, next year uh, the white Sox. yeah missing all of next year like, like that's like for me, that's just crazy. Is the fact that like you're you're the Grom from earlier this year and the expectations that the Rangers had after oh, he signed that man. contract. Now he's going to be out. Yeah, the the Grom, he's got to be the one of the most unluckiest dudes ever for the fact that he is so he's good. Like he is legit. Like he he could be a Scion guy every year. It's just somehow his arm will not keep up with them. And I it's it's bonkers to me how that happens. But yeah, like losing McClanahan this late. Now you now he's gone all next season. It's just that's where I'm kind of like at this point with all these guys that keep going, they're all going out due to Tommy Johns and all these other injuries. I wouldn't be upset if they're like, no, we're gonna shut Tristan down until 24, let him get fully healthy. We don't want a chance on rushing and you know getting him back and something else happens and we lose them all next season. So I'm kind of fine either way, but I, I don't know. I like I said, I'd be okay if he's back, but at the same time, I wouldn't be upset if they sent him if they just be like, "See you next year," right? For precautionary yeah. reasons. Yeah, I would certainly get that. Um, I don't know. For me, I, I'm like nervous because, like I said, I would hate for him to come back just like he did earlier this year from from injury, and then he pitches, then you kind of get your hopes up if he looks good, and then. Now he's out again, and I'm gonna knock on wood because I do not want to jinx it. I, you already yeah, know, like I'm, I'm a huge Tristan McKenzie fan, and so oh, for, you, you got for him to get him. hurt, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I love no, it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, like that's why I'm saying like we've already seen it happen once this year where he, he's come back and automatically gets hurt again. That's why I'm kind of like maybe we should, maybe we should just like wait it out until next year and just like. See, because like it'd be one thing if our pitching staff was a lot worse than it is. Like, all right, like, all right, we need him back, you know. But right now, I mean, they're not, they're not. There's no cause for concern to have him back right now. That's what I said. It, it, I'm okay with waiting until next year just to make sure that he's 100. Nothing else happens that way. It doesn't happen again like we just saw this year. He comes back automatically gets hurt again. And now we're talking like September, right? And that's like mo- he's gone for like most of the season, so. But yeah, I mean, we've yeah. only seen him for what three starts this year. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like at this point, it's like, do you really want to get in the back that quick for what? Maybe one, maybe two starts. Yeah, I mean, 
it is it is what it, it stinks, but I mean, what can, what can you do at this point? Just uh, cross your fingers, I guess. At this point, so <laughs> pretty much. Uh, right. Right. Um, shout out to him and his rehab, and hopefully it goes well. And yeah, I, hey, as I'm, a fan I, of him, I, I, I hope he does come back. But you know, yeah, it's just yeah, you think I mean, long term. Yeah. yeah, it's good that he's back, though. I mean, at least he's getting his rehabbing. So there is so there is there is some positives there. At least he's back rehabbing. So. Who knows? All right. But uh, before we uh, hop off of here, we talk about this four-game series against Detroit, a team that we are certainly better than uh, on the field and in the standings. But they're going tonight against the Reds. It's about to start here for what would be a three-game win streak. Uh, We're four games back of the Twins coming into today. So uh, what are your thoughts on the Detroit series? Because it definitely should be a series that we win. Um, and right now projected to go for that four-game series is Curry, Williams, uh, Bybee, and then Allen again on Sunday. So you definitely have the arms to yeah. get a win, but will those bats show up? Yeah. That's the only thing. It's it's the bats. And honestly, I if we take, a, if we take three out of the four, I'll, I'll be fine with it. At least three. You have to take at least three. If you don't, then... Houston, we have we really have a problem at that point. So, yeah, you got to at least take three. I mean, I would love the sweep because it'd be great to get a sweep in. Because then, then you just got to hope the Twins start losing a little bit more, and we're, and we're back for another title race. But I mean, but then it just seems like you can never get the sweep on teams that you should sweep. Like you lose at least one of those games. That that's what I'm saying. You at least have to win three. I will stomach a two and two. I don't want a two and two series, but you. Two and two at the worst. That's like worst case scenarios you split, but you have to win three, in my opinion. Yeah. At least three, then okay. Then 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 you're good. At least you got out of Detroit with three wins. I do have some bad news for you. Um through six games so far, we're only two and four against Detroit. Being you know outscored by eight runs. That's you know what, honestly though, not surprised. Correct. <laughs> I'm not surprised, man. It just reminds me of all the other years where you're like, wow, we're so bad against this team, but we can beat everybody else. And then there's that one year where was was it was it the COVID season where we absolutely just what 13 and won them the entire like it was like it I was, it was a, yeah, there was one year I think we only lost one game, but then there was a stretch. It was like a three year stretch. Yeah, where where, we lost maybe like four or five games. That's what I'm them. saying. Yeah, which is crazy. It's like, yeah, like there, there's a stretch where you're just absolutely just dominating them. Then all of a sudden, you're just like, wow, we can't buy a win against these guys. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's not surprising. But I mean, I'm gonna be optimistic if we, and like I said, yeah, we're two. What did you say, two and four? I, yeah. I can see them getting three. I'm gonna be optimistic. Let's go for three because why not? <laughs> for people who can't see, I just held up. Uh, cross fingers because you just never know you know what's crazy though as i just look we're four and three against the twins so we have a winning record against them but we lose against chicago and detroit we're five and eight against the white Sox. what welcome to the that's just kind of typical of what our season has been this year yeah it's like a microcosm yeah welcome to the al central where nothing ever makes sense in this division because okay I, like heck, the the Royals somehow won World Series in division titles, and you're like, yeah. How how did the yeah? So it's it's the AL Central, man. I'm gonna say that two year stretch though they had the three year stretch actually because the Royals made back to back World Series, and then yeah. we went to the World Series of sixteen. So for three straight years, the yeah. American League pennant came out of the Central, and now yeah. we're we we look like <laughs> the NFC West. Oh, I would, terrible. Say, I would say the NFC East, where it was like what no one had a winning record going into the playoffs. So I felt I that was like that one year was a couple years back that, that happened. So I feel like we're the NFC East, where I take it back. I take it back. The AFC South, because Jacksonville barely had a winning record, and oh. the Colts were terrible. The Titans, or not the yeah, the Titans were bad, and Houston was absolutely terrible. And for, and for the fact like, it's like somebody, somebody has to win this division, it's just who's going to do it. Yeah, the fact well, the fact that the Jags back their way into the into what division win because the team that they the team that was supposed to win absolutely just didn't want it to show up. So it 
You just gave me P- you just gave me PTSD for the fact that the Browns went ten and six and still make the playoffs that year. Yeah, that was rough. it's always yeah. Indianapolis. <laughs> always, it's always how it's always Indy. <laughs> See, like I said, they choke the Jags when the Jags won their division because the Colts choked. Browns should have so made it to the playoffs, and the Colts decided, ah, we don't want a perfect season. Whatever. Right. Well, if the Titans win, like what the crap? It's freaking Indy. It's always them, man. <laughs> oh, well, there's your Browns talk uh, for the week. Got Sorry, some, guys. Got ball in here. It's all good, you know. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Oh gosh. But I guess we can get out of here, Zach. Thanks for coming on. Um, if you want to yeah. tell the people where to find you on Twitter, because I don't call it X, uh, so it's still Twitter to me. Uh, but yeah. where they can find you and your, your hockey podcast and everything that you do. No, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, one True Zach on Twitter. Only True Zach's actually spelled out. It's not the actual number itself. Uh, my podcast is called The Search Cast, where we talk all things Carolina Hurricanes. We actually just joined the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to check out, uh, I think, Hockey Pod Net, something like that. Um, but, yeah, we're 86 episodes in, getting closer to 100. So, yeah, if you want to get a little bit of hockey – Check us out at the search cast. Shout out, shout out to those hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just actually uh just signed a lease agreement to stay in Carolina for another 20 years with some renovations oh. coming up too. So yeah. Yeah. So a lot a lot of good things in the future down there. So yeah, but it's gonna be down here in the Carolinas to talk about the hurricanes, but I do miss Northeast Ohio though, because of the weather down here, 30 Plus straight days of hundred degrees with the index. I I miss having seasons. I miss Jesus. Ohio. I I miss Northeast Ohio. I miss actually having seasons. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It's too I, hot. Can't, I can't. I can't imagine that. Yeah. No thanks. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, people, you heard it. Make sure you go follow Zach on Twitter. Make sure you follow his podcast. If you uh, follow and like hockey, make sure you follow him. If you happen to be a fan of the Hurricanes, make sure you go follow him there for that too. Uh, but yeah, uh, for Zach, like I said, thanks for coming on again. Uh, this has been another episode of Believe in Guardians, and we'll see you next week. Uh-huh.